we know you're here. We know you're here. We acknowledge that. But Holy Spirit, right now, in the name of Jesus, I just ask you to each and every person that's in this room, including me, that, Father, we all fall short of the glory of God. We've all messed up. We've made mistakes. But Holy Spirit, teach us today on how we can get things right, how we can be a part of the church in a way like no other, how we can assist you in getting this great message out to not only this community, but the people we work with, the people in our family. But Holy Spirit, we just thank you that today, as we sit here in this building, that things are going to be adjusted, things are going to be corrected, and we receive it right now in the name of Jesus. I just pray, Father God, that every ear is open, every eye is open, to hear and see what you have to say to us today. And we give you praise and glory and honor in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Now, we do need to get a little uh, excited, though. Okay, we're not going to fall asleep, so I do want amens, hallelujah, because he likes noise, too. You know, heaven is a very loud place. Hallelujah. There's a lot of things going on in heaven right now. And I just want us to get in this room and I want us to come together because I think I'm going to finish the message today. I think I may not, but I think my goal is to finish this little message that I've been talking about unity. I'm finally going to get to the place where I've been wanting to get for weeks, not making no promises. But I feel like today we're going to actually lean in and get some more out of this. Your role, my role in helping the Holy Spirit do what he's called, called us to do. So today... Uh, I want to kind of look at unity, and again, last week I talked about unity, and the definition of unity is the state of being one, us being one together. How many of you know when you walked into this room today, your arms and legs didn't stay out in the lobby, correct? Every bit of you came into the room because you are one, but you are made up of different parts. Different members make you up. So today, I just want to ask the question, how do we build God's church? If that's what Jesus is up to, and we found that out last week, that he said that he's going to build his church. Upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. And just a little commercial real quick, that anybody that stresses or says that the church is not that important, run from them immediately. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ is the single most thing that we do in life that gets us connected to God and helps us stay connected to God. And I say that from everybody in this room. You have been touched by church in some way or another. You have been changed by church service. I know I am what I am today because of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, of the people in the church. So when we hear these rumors or we hear people say, well, you know, churches, you know, we are the church. I mean, you don't have to go to a building. We are the church. Promise you this. Do away with the church as a building as a whole. And I, I get that. We are the church, okay? But if you do away with the church gathering altogether and you leave everybody to themselves to serve Jesus, you will not serve him. That's proven in the garden. Adam and Eve, they were left alone to make a decision. Just one decision. Don't touch the tree. What'd they do? They touched the tree. Guys, we need each other. We need each other bad, okay? And you know it more than I know it because you live with you. <laughs> and you know the mistakes you make. You know the shortcomings you have. You, you know your failures you, you, you experience and the, and the phrases you say and the anger you have. You know these things. You know you. And man, when you come together with people, there's something that happens in this environment. That's why I want this more. I don't want it less. I want more time with y'all because what it does is it stirs me on to be better. It keeps me walking that narrow line because I know I'm about to see you. 
And I don't want no junk in my life as I'm talking to you and how the favor of God's blessing you and how God's moving in your life. And I'm sitting here going, man, I just did this last week. You know what I'm saying? It helps us stay straight. It helps us stay going in the right direction. We need each other. And as the day approaches, Christ even said it in Hebrews. Do not forsake the assembling of together of yourselves as the manner of some are. Especially as you see the day approaching. Guys, I'm telling you, we're living in a time and an era to where we have got to get in here. And you think about even in the New Testament, all the letters that were written, who were they written to? The church. They read it to the church at Corinth, the church at Rome, the church at Ephesus, the church, the church, the church. Jesus in, in Revelations, what did he do? He wrote seven letters to who? The church. Did he not? Not to an individual, not to Timothy, not to John, not to Bob or Susan. No, he wrote them to the church. This is important for all of us. And I just wanted to set that out because we're going to talk about today your part in the church. And that you have a part in the church. Now, you might be a toenail. You might be a liver. You might be an eyeball. None, it don't matter, but we're a part in the body. And we're called by God to do what he's called us to do. So how do we build God's church? We first must understand our place in the body of Christ and stay faithful to that assignment that he gives us. God has put into every person special gifts and talents to help advance his kingdom on earth. That means before you left heaven, before I left heaven, he deposited things in me and you to be able to walk out on this earth to affect people. He wants his kingdom to come on this earth as it is in heaven. Now, we've seen that on display through Jesus when he was on the earth. But again, like I said, Jesus is no longer here. For those that are serving him and those that don't serve him, just a little you know, disclaimer, Jesus Christ is no longer on the earth in a physical body. He's elected to work through all of us now. So see, the responsibility shifted that day he left. That when you say yes to Jesus, that's why it's more than just a prayer. You pray. When you say yes to Jesus, you're literally saying, yes, I'll follow you. It's as if you're the tax collector at the table and Jesus walks up to you and he says, follow me. And the tax collector lays his business down and he goes and follows Jesus. That means he walks away from what he's got going on to go be a part of what he's got going on. We're talking about John, and we're talking about Peter and them uh, on the dock, and they're working the dock, and they're actually fishermen. That's their business. Jesus walks up to them and says, follow me. They walk away from their business to be a part of his business. And that's what it is like, guys. Not that you have to quit school or quit your job, okay? I'm not saying that. But in your heart, you've got to forsake everything in your life, and you've got to go after him. It's a decision. And those that don't make that decision, they live that roller coaster life. Man, they're up one down, they're down the next. They, well, is this right or is this right? Should I do it or should I not do it? Well, they're doing it. I guess I can do it. And they're just yo-yoing all the time. But when you get it settled in your heart that, no, I do what thus says the Lord does. He gave us a manual. He gave us an instruction book. So now that I said yes to him, I said yes to that book. And that book is my direction for how I'm to live my life. You can't get away from that. If you try to serve God just by going through the motions and coming to church, instead of being the church, well, then it's going to be frustrating. You're going to be coming to church aggravated. You're, going to, you're not going to be able to walk out this spiritual walk because you're going to be frustrated. But if you'll get that book 
inside of you, day by day. I mean, we won't never do it all, okay? You're never going to get to the place to where you're just Christ-like, totally. But we don't stop trying. We don't throw in the towel because we got a part to play. There's people depending on you in your life. There's people looking at you right now going, are they going to be real? Are they going to go all the way? Or are they going to be what we always hear? Hypocritical. Not going out. See, what you do when you don't go all out for Jesus is you say what he does not powerful to take you all the way. It, it, it explains way more than you may want it to explain. Okay? So we got to take this serious. And I believe I'm in a room full of people that have said, yes, I want to follow Jesus. Well, I can tell you this. It's going to cost you just a little bit. No, it's going to cost you all. I want you to get that in your thinking. It's going to cost you everything. Why is that? Why does Jesus ask for all? Because he knows what he can give you is better. What he's got for you is better. But unless you're willing to release what you have, you're never going to be able to receive what he has. It's true, guys. And it's just a decision. God's not looking for you to be perfect. He's just looking for you to be humble. He's looking for you to approach him in a way that says, look, I need you, Jesus. I need you. I mean, guys, you've got to realize something, and I'm getting ready to read these scriptures, but you've got to realize in the book of Acts, the disciples were looked like as superheroes of the day. I mean, they were raising the dead. They were healing the sick. I mean, they were bringing out you know, uh, sick bodies into the street, and Peter's shadow was just falling on them, and they're getting healed. These guys are like superheroes. I mean, people are just flocking to hear the disciples. They want to see what they're doing. And they were doing nothing more than me and you to do today. They were being the body of Christ. So the first thing we need to know is we have gifts and we have talents. And Paul writes about this in a letter to the church at Corinth. He uses a, hu a, hu a, human, <laughs> a human body <laughs> to illustrate the value and importance of each member. And I don't think this is by accident. This is by design. Jesus was all about parables. He was all about painting a picture naturally so you could, you could get attached to it spiritually, okay? So he's about to tell us our part in this body. So what does he use? He uses a human body. Last week I talked about how many parts make up the human body. Does anybody remember how many parts make it up? You win a free dinner to Olive Garden if you can tell me exactly how many parts make up the body. You can't do it, okay? Uh, we found out that uh, someone determined, you know, there's always someone, or they, you know, there's always, what well, they said, never found out who they is, but body, they say the body has 100 trillion cells. My gosh, I got 100 trillion cells running through my body. Wow, that's a lot of cells. And let me tell you something, everything starts at the cellular level. So those cells are very important, Okay. You take the cells out of your body, you don't exist no more. Your cells are very important. So we got 100 trillion cells. How many people we got on the, uh, on the planet? Maybe 7.5 billion or something like that. So we've already got more parts just in cells than we do have human beings on the earth. He goes on to say 206 bones, 600 muscles. Man, 600 muscles. Wow. <laughs> and man, I can't see none of them. <laughs> and we have 78 organs. We have about 100,000 hairs. You know, we paused a little bit right here last week because some of us don't quite have 100,000 anymore. Hallelujah. 
on our head. We have about 9,000 taste buds. Did you ever think you had that many taste buds? That's why that chicken's so good, brother. I got all 9,000 kicking at one time going, whoa! You know, some food, some food I really believe 9,000 don't kick in. I think it's about 6,000 go, man, I ain't eating that broccoli. Are you kidding me? That's the nasty, man. So you don't really get the full effect. But, man, when you bite into something good, it's like all the taste buds rejoice. Woo! Let's go after this, baby. Come on. So you got about 9,000 taste buds. Uh, this helps us to illustrate what the Apostle Paul said about the body as he compared it to Christ's church in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And y'all can turn in your Bible there, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we're going to start... In verse 14, but before we do, uh, Brandon, could you just pull up verse 1 of 1 Corinthians 12? Just, uh, I want to read that as we go into this right here. <clears throat> because Paul makes a profound statement um, about what we should be doing as we enter this chapter right here. He says, now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be what? Uninformed, uh, King James goes a little bit deeper, ignorant. Okay? Don't want you to be ignorant. Okay? Because, see, the church of Corinth, guys, was a lot like the church of America. They were messed up. They were jacked up. There was things going on, discord, division. You had stepmama sleeping with stepson. I mean, we had some wild things going on. Okay? This was a this was church that had a lot of things going on that were negative, so Paul had to write two lengthy letters. Most scholars say he wrote three letters, okay, to this church because they, they tapped into some spiritual things. I mean, they weren't headed in the right direction, but they, they kind of let pride come in. They had what they would consider uh, favorite preachers. I know nobody has that today, okay? They had favorite preachers that they listened to that they lifted up above others. You know how Paulus, Paul, etc. They had super apostles coming in. They were just attracted to whoever was kind of, you know, giving them a little scratch on the back at the time. So he's trying to get order in this particular church because Corinth was not a Jewish church. No more than Galatia, Ephesians, or any of these. These were Gentile churches that Paul was sent by God to go and bring the message of Jesus Christ to. It just so happens that the Corinth church was a little bit wild. But he's bringing order to them. And he's saying, guys, look, I don't want you to be ignorant of the spiritual gifts. Now, he goes into the first half to, of chapter 12, and he talks about, you know, the gift of wisdom, the, you know, the gift of knowledge, the word of knowledge, and, and, and gift of faith, gift of healing, gift of miracles. I'm not going to really talk about that today. I would like to talk about that. That should be going on in our lives on a daily basis because those right there as the Spirit wills. I mean, how many of you know that you're going to get somebody's attention if you walk up to them and you start reading their mail and they don't even know you? And you start telling them something that happened last week, last month, or last year. These are gifts that the Holy Spirit wants to use in everybody in this room to get the attention of the world. That's the thing that separates Christianity from all other religions. Because it's a relationship with somebody that's real and his name's Holy Spirit. And when you show up, and you're not a fortune teller, but you show up and you begin to speak something into somebody's life, and the Holy Spirit uses you for that moment to give them a word of knowledge about a situation, then I'm telling you, it opens their eyes. It begins to get their attention. So those gifts are very important, and we may get into those later. But I just, he, he starts off talking about that, but then it leads him into the next phase of this, this book, which we'll pick up in chapter 14. So we don't want to be ignorant. Paul's saying don't be ignorant about spiritual things. He says in verse 14, For in fact the body is not one member, but how many? Many. 
If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, am I not of the body? Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body, just as it has pleased Him. And if they were all one member, where would be the body? I'm going to stop right here for just a minute and expound a little bit, okay? Would it be ridiculous if I was up here right now and y'all could see a conversation going on with my foot and my ear? And you could, you could see the words popping up maybe around me like they do in the cartoons or the, you know, the comic books or whatever. And you see the little things popping up. And the foot would have a comment like, you know what, man, I just don't want to be a foot no more. You know, and I, because I'm not the ear, I, just, I don't even believe I'm a part of the body anymore. You know, would that be ridiculous? Wouldn't you think, man, what's going on? You know, what kind of conversation is that? Well, you know what, I'm not of the body because I'm not an eye. You know, the elbow saying, I'm not an eye, so I guess I'm not a part of the body. What if that conversation was going on and you could see it? You would think, man, that's crazy. I mean, the foot is part of the body. Whether it wants to be or not, it's part of the body. It's got a function. But see, what Paul's trying to get us to look at is that conversation is not held on in the body. The conversation of your body parts arguing don't exist because they work hand in hand together. If you don't believe that, just go and stub your toe on a nightstand or something. And I can promise you every ounce of energy in you runs to help that toe. You acknowledge the toe. I mean, you just stop what you're doing. That toe needs help. Your hands, your foot, it don't matter. You're going after that toe. You get a gash on your arm and you get a gash on your leg. Do you ignore it and just keep going through life? Oh, it's no big deal. You know, blood's just gushing out. Oh, it's no big deal. We'll be all right. You know, I'm not even going to worry about that leg. No, you stop what you're doing because that leg's important. Every member of the body rushes to aid that particular that body part right there. Well, Paul is using this to identify us, okay, because we have this that goes on in the church. Well, I just, you know, uh, greet people at the door. I mean, I'm not necessarily a worship leader, so I guess I'm really not that big of a deal. I'm not really that much part of the church. You know, all I do is some outreach here and there, reach out to people that are lost and stuff. I'm not, you know, preaching or, you know, nothing really important, so I guess I'm really not part of the church. You know, I watch the kids, you know, and but, you know, I'm, again, I'm not really seen, so, I mean, I guess I'm not that big of a deal. This goes on, and this was going on at Corinth. Okay, that's why he wrote this letter. There was a lot of this going on. They didn't feel like they were important. They had their eyes on the supermen and the superwomen, okay? The ones that fly in, you know, the stars, you know, the Superman, the you know, Wonder Woman, these guys, uh, these girls. And it's not a fact. It's not real, guys. Everything you do in this church, and if you don't do anything in this church, I pray that after today <laughs> you, you resume your position because our bodies kind of, we need some more, you know, we need to get together. We need to work together. Amen? And I believe God's calling us just like God was calling the Corinth church. It goes on to say in verse 20, But now indeed there are many members yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary, and those members of the body which we link to or we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor, and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. There's parts of your body that are not seen by human beings that you would by no means want them to be removed because you would not exist. You understand? There's parts that you will never see in my body, but there are parts that I really hold in great esteem. 
Now, I don't acknowledge them part sometimes until they start malfunctioning <laughs> and they start not going right. And we start going, oh, I need to focus on this. But what Paul is trying to draw the conclusion to is that, guys, look, he said it in the first part of what I just read. What if the whole body were an eye and they rolled the eye in here and got two people on each side and they're holding the eye and, and, and the eye's just looking? Would the eye say anything? Could the eye hear anything? I would say this, you would have somebody that's got their eye on you, amen? Big eye, okay? You would have an eye on you, okay? So we know the eye could actually see, but the reality is it would be unaffected. It wouldn't be able to do much. It would be weird, and probably wouldn't nobody even be in the room, okay? We'd all be leaving, okay? I'm not going to hold no eyeball up here just blinking and looking at everybody, okay? Same thing with the ear. What if the whole body were an ear? We could hear what's going on, but we sure ain't going to help nobody. I hear it, but I can't do nothing. The point is, is, everybody is important. Every part of the body has a function. And that's what Paul is trying to bring to them. But he ain't done. He goes on to say, in verse 23, he says, And those members of the body, I'm just going to read it again, which we think to be less honorable, we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to the parts which lacks it. That there should be no schism which the definition is division, separation, discord, or disharmony in the body. But that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, guess what? All the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, guess what? All the members rejoice with it. They all get excited. And he goes on to say, now you are the body of Christ and members individually. One, one translation says members in particularly. You're, you're special members and you have a part and Paul goes on to talk to how it's set up in the church. And he says, and God has appointed these in the what? The church. This is God. He's appointed this in the church. He's appointed first apostles. You've got to have an apostle first. Because they're the ones that go in and start the work. They're the ones that start the church, okay? Then secondarily, you've got prophets. Third, teachers. After that, you've got miracles. Then gifts of healings. Helps. Administration. Variety of tongues. It goes on to say this, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? Do all have the gifts of healings? Do all speak with tongues and do all interpret? The, the two questions there that, are not, that, that, that don't appear is, do, do all help? Do all have a gift of administration? Okay, if you'll notice in your, your Bible where it says right there, it says, you know, he, he lists are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, but he didn't say are all helpers, are all administrators. What is Paul pointing to here? Everybody in the body of Christ is a helper, including the preacher. Did you see pastor in there? We're all a part of the body. I'm a part of it. You're a part of it. There is no superstar. There is no eye only. There is no ear only. We are a body made up of many, many parts. And I've said this several times. We only will get things done if we operate as a body. If we operate as get people to the pastor, the pastor can do it, get it, pastor, 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 we're basically becoming an eye. We're basically becoming an ear. Because, guys, I can't help everybody. But we can. We can touch everybody. Just like I can't function with a head and a leg. That would be weird with my head attached to my leg. Well, all I need is a couple people, okay? I mean, I'm the, I'm the head of this church. I got this thing. We're good. Just give me a leg. We'll just, you know, we'll just kind of look stupid, go, you know, trying to help people. 
No, man, we function together as a body. And I want you to get the picture of Jesus when he was on the earth. He was the body of Christ. That means everything that was being displayed was really from Jesus. But the idea of him leaving was now he was going to put his head, he was going to put his name, he was going to put his identity on the top of a bigger body. And that would be all of us. Now Jesus is not just limited to McDonough. Now Jesus is in China. Now Jesus is in Europe. Now Jesus is all over the place. But the thing that the world's not seeing is what they saw when Jesus was alive. Say amen, hallelujah. Dead being raised, sick being healed, deliverance being happening. I mean, we, Jesus was displaying what the body is supposed to display. But because we're dysfunctional and because we're not together, we have so many different denominations. We got everybody believing everything but what Jesus is actually wanting us to believe is what he did. Lay aside what you believe. It don't matter what we believe. What is he about? What did he do while he was on the earth? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John gives us a display of what his body should be looking like. Because last time I checked, your head can't go nowhere unless your body takes it. So Jesus has now got his head on top of a body. And we're supposed to be carrying Jesus everywhere. And if we really truly are looking like Jesus... Now, y'all help me if I'm wrong now. Then we're going to look like the Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, correct? Did the early church start out that way? Yes. You've seen people getting healed. You've seen people getting touched. You've seen people getting changed. You've seen people, I mean, it was just crazy stuff going on. The same stuff that was going on while Jesus was alive. I can't speak for other churches, but I can speak for this one. I want to fight for this right here. Because I don't want to carry Jesus into dry places. I don't want to carry Jesus into what I believe. I don't want to carry Jesus in, in what I think. I want to carry Jesus and let Jesus be Jesus wherever we go. And we can do that by his help. Jesus is wanting to raise up a mighty, mighty army of bold, daring soldiers that will go and rescue people out of darkness and bring them into the glorious light of the kingdom of God. The ministry of helps is a supernatural ministry that we sometimes overlook and think that is not that big of a deal. Everything you do in this church is a huge deal. Everything. There is no small deal. There's no one bigger deal than the other. There is no big deal. And there is no little deal. It's all a great big deal, okay? We need everybody on board. And I can't say that strong enough, man. Whenever you hear a whisper that, that what you're doing is not that big of a deal, that's the enemy. That's not God. Yeah, you may be an internal part. Yeah, you may not be seen. But you know what? You ain't doing it to be seen. But in fact, you are being seen because there's somebody greater than me seeing you. And his name's Jesus. And last time I checked, I'm not going to be handing out rewards in heaven. Jesus is. And I can tell you there's going to be a lot of nursery workers. There's going to be a lot of hospitality workers. There's a lot of people that cook breakfast. There's going to be a lot of people that clean churches. There's a lot of people that do outreach. There's a lot of people that never were seen on that day are going to be called up way before the superstar that we thought was a superstar. And I'm going to be honest with you, man. That's our nature. That's a human nature is to cling to somebody to begin to say, I want to be a part of, of what he's doing or she's doing. I mean, they did that in the Old Testament, man. God didn't want the children of Israel to have a king, but they wanted to have a king like all the other nations. So he said, okay, go ahead. You can have a king, King Saul. How'd that work out for him? They still ain't recovered from that, okay? We don't need any other king of our life but King Jesus. I'm just a messenger of God. I'm telling you, go deeper with him. He'll direct your path. He will bring a light to where you can see. He'll get you where you need to go. 
I'm just a messenger that will bring you a message that hopefully stirs you up to go deeper with God, to get in there, to activate your part, and to use it to the glory of God. Amen? Because I'm right there with y'all. Because as soon as I say amen, sometime around 3 o'clock, we're going to walk out of here, and I'm going to have to use my part. Okay? I'm going to have to do what you guys are doing. Hallelujah. If we're going to have a healthy body, we have to be able to help others around us. We must come together and begin to work together to get Jesus to the world around us through doing what he did on the earth. We need to really work hard to create a place that when people come, we are here to help them no matter what. We are all members of the body of Christ, and we are all very important roles. We have very important roles in the body. The number one role is to get the head where the head wants to go. Where Jesus is, there will be healing, help, deliverance, salvation, peace, and joy. How many of y'all want that? We all do. We all do. We all strive for that. But sometimes it just ain't there. That's why we got to have Jesus. Now I want to give you all an example of how this looked in Luke 9, verse 11. I want you all to look at this right here. The so-called apostles, I want you to look at what's about to happen. In verse 11, it says, But when the multitudes knew it, they followed him, and he received them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who had need of healing. What did Jesus do? He what? Healed those that needed healing. Jesus, he did that. Should we do that? Yeah, yeah, we should be doing that. You, me, the same God, the same Holy Spirit that was in the body of Jesus there is the same Holy Spirit that's in this body right here. He goes on to say this, When the day began to wear away, the twelve came and said to him, Send the multitude away, that they may go into the surrounding towns and countries and lodge and get provision, for we are in a deserted place here. But he said to them, you give them something to eat. And they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish. Unless we go and buy food for all these people, for there were about 5,000 men. Then he said to his disciples, make them sit down in groups of 50. And they did so and made them all sit down. Is these disciples helping Jesus right here? What are they doing? What is their glorified position right now? What is their, their name tag on them right now? Go help them. Sit down in groups of 50. I mean, that's a big calling now. I mean, that's got a big title. I mean, that's got some publicity, banners. Hey, y'all, I'm about to do the big stuff. Okay? Y'all go sit them down in groups of 50. They're there to help Jesus. They're helping Jesus. They ain't doing nothing but helping at this point. Let's see what happens. Then he took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke them and gave them to the disciples to set before the multitude. So they all ate and were filled, and twelve baskets were left over. Fragments were taken up by who? By them. So they helped them sit down, get in groups of 50. They took them the food. Then they gathered it up, cleaned up. These are the supermen in the book of Acts. If you don't go through process, you're not going to never get to that place. We all go through this together. God ain't lifting nobody up if you ain't deciding to go through what he asks you to do where you're at. See, God ain't like most companies. You know, you can't brown those God. You can't begin to put down everybody with God and think that God's going to elevate you. You can't step over people to get to a higher position in the kingdom of God. You can do that out here in the world, but not with God. 
Not with God at all. Notice that the disciples were in the ministry of what? Helps. Was that important? Yes. God uses the stars and the candles in his kingdom. They are both important and needed to get the job done. Pastor, what are you talking about stars and candles? Let me tell you something. The stars are what we would consider, in most cases, the apostles, the pastors, the evangelists, the worship leaders. Those that are on stage, they can tend to be what we would consider the stars. Do we need stars? Yes, we need stars. Okay, But we also need candles. And if you think about a candle for a minute, stars come out when? That's the only time you're going to see a star is at night. <clears throat> a candle you can burn any time of the day. And how many times, maybe you're going through something, you need a phone call or a text, and then all of a sudden, a candle knocks at the door of your house or texts you on the phone. Says, hey man, I hear you're going through a hard time, man. Can I, can I help you? Can I do something for you? I mean, what do we do when the lights go out in the house? What do we do? We light a candle. That candle brings you some light. See, God uses stars and candles, but the candles are really something you use 24 hours a day, if need be. Guys, I'm going to tell you something. You want to see a church explode? You want to see a church really look like Jesus? Everybody embrace their gift and talent. Everybody honor one another. And watch and see what happens to a body that begins to do that right there. We don't put more praise on one part than the other. If this part right here is hurting, what do we do? All the members come to this part. Amen. You know, God designed our body so amazingly that we have an immune system. We have a system within our bodies that absolutely, when something happens wrong, a cut, scrape, broke leg, what happens? There's a release. <laughs> and man, it's a defensive mechanism. It releases everything we need to begin to heal that. Your body will heal itself. I mean, there's cases where our bodies get out of whack and we need a little help medically. But I'm just telling you, for the most part, your body, what does a surgeon do? He comes in there and he cuts you open and he fixes all that and then he, he sews you back up to do what? To heal. He didn't heal you. He, he, he maybe assisted a part of your body, but he did not heal you. Your body's designed to heal itself. What is this body supposed to be doing? We should be healing itself. That means it shouldn't be no member of this body have to go reach out to some psychiatrist across the street to get some type of help or, or go somewhere else outside of this body. We should be able to rally around them. What do you need? You need food? You need help? You need to pay a bill? You need to, That's us. We're here. We're to help you. You're going to keep going. You're going to make it. Oh, do I got to forsake something? Also, I'm not going to go out to eat this next month because I want to help Jared and, and Carrie get through a hard time. That's the body. We suffer with each other. We rejoice with each other. Somebody gets a raise, somebody gets a new car, somebody gets a new outfit. We get excited. Somebody starts a business. We rejoice. We get excited. Because guess what? A part of the body is being honored. A part of the body is being lifted up. Experiences some good things. Hallelujah. Most people want to be used by God when an opportunity arises. They ignore it because it's not what they were looking for. <laughs> Disciples... They served the people food for Jesus and then cleaned up. The disciples were given more responsibility in the kingdom when they valued what was asked of them to do. They served Jesus faithfully for three and a half years before he entrusted to them something else. God wants to give us more. He wants to give more to his people, but we need to be faithful to do what he has assigned us to do. 
Be that part of the body that does, that does what it is designed to do. And when we do that together, Jesus gets where he needs to go and we get lifted up to higher things in his body. Process and faithfulness equal promotion. No process, no faithfulness, you will not get promoted in this kingdom. Now you can self-promote yourself and we have a lot of that going on. We have a lot of self-promotion going on even in the body of Christ. And I'm telling you, it just ain't going to work. It may get you to a certain place, but eventually the truth will be revealed and, and, and it won't be good, okay? God wants to lift us up. I mean, Paul, I mean, Peter tells us that. If we'll humble ourselves before the mighty hand of God, he will exalt us in due season. He wants to exalt every part of his body. He wants us to be on center stage. But we have to do it his way in this, in this particular kingdom. You can't just do it the way you want to. Does Revolution Church need more helpers? Yeah. We have a desire to have an usher and security team. I, I want people walking around here with guns. Did I say that right? Yeah. Because there's nutcases running around out here. And nutcases are not allowed to come in here and be nutty. They're allowed to come in here and be saved. But our kids, our families are important to me. I want a security team. I want an usher team. I want people to know that their babies are taken care of. I want them to know that their kids are taken care of, their cars are okay. We just live in a world that is a little bit, well, y'all live here too. I mean, it's not like I'm talking to people that don't know, okay? It's a little crazy. So we'd like to have an usher and security team. We'd like to have more uh, children's uh, workers and nursery workers. We'd like to have more musicians and singers, more media people in the media department, more hospitality, next step helpers, outreach helpers, prayer team. We'd like to have a prayer team that not just prays once a month. And, oh, by the way, let me throw a little commercial in here. Everybody that came out for prayer last Sunday night, my God, that was amazing. That was amazing. I'm going to tell you right now, man, you do not want to miss prayer, Okay. If that's any indication of what we're in for, it was amazing. I'm telling you, it was absolutely amazing. So uh, we want to pray, and we want a cleaning team. How many know it takes people that can come through here and clean this church? Clean the toilets, make it smell good, and all that kind of stuff. We want to have all that here. We want you guys to own this place, and we make it look the best, because I believe excellence is, is a drawing card. It looks good. When everything's excellent, everything looks good, smells good, it's attractive. Amen? So there's plenty of places that we can put people. And that's why we ask everybody to go through the next steps. Go through the next steps. Find out, you know, where your gifts and talents are. Find out what you're designed to do. And then let's get to work. Let's do it. You know what I'm saying? Let's do it together. We need more players. And as we have them, we'll grow. Revolution Church exists to help you discover your gifts and talents. And then we want to help you use them for His glory. The team needs all the players in the game. We have a huge task ahead of us. And it will take all of us to do our part in joy and excellence. Enjoy and excellence. Hallelujah. <laughs> 80% of the team or the body working, you're going to have 80% of function. I can tell you right now, guys, everybody in this room wants 100% of their body working really good all the time. If 50% of your body's working and the other 50 ain't, are you going to be at 100%? Duh. No, we're not going to. And you're going to be struggling. But when your body is functioning at top notch and it's 100%, it works better. Well, that's what we want in the church here. Because the chance of success is much greater when you have 100% of the team. But right now, we're running on about 50% or 60%. That ain't good. 
I want 100%, man. I mean, I know God does too. The culture we create is on us. If we want a loving, caring, exciting, putting other first, healing, saving, generous church, then we must lead the way. This is called work and practice, doing it over and over and over. Everybody has a part in the body of Christ. What would happen if every part of this body was in place and functioning the way God intended you to function? It would be an attractive, it would be attractive to the community and people would want to sign up. The reality is that most churches function on 20% and they're carrying the 80%. That's a fact. I'm talking about in giving, serving, every area. That 20% of the church carries the 80%. I will not be a pastor that does not pray continually and believe in our God that we have 100% giving at this church. We have 100% serving, and we have 100% making a difference in our community. I'm telling you, man, it's, just, it's really amazing what all is able to take place in the body of Christ with such a little percentage. But guys, what are you waiting for? Why not everybody get on board? We're all sharing this. Not just me. I mean, I'm doing my part. But if you only have 20 to 30% of your church carrying the 80 or 70%, is that really right? You wouldn't expect that, and you wouldn't accept that in your own body. You wouldn't. You would be going to a doctor. You'd be going to prayer. You'd be going to do something, man. You only got 20 to 30% going on. You would be wanting help. And I think Jesus wants to move in his body, but man, he has so little of it actually doing anything. They show up, and that's a great thing. And I, man, I, man, that's the first thing. We got to show up. Amen. But I'm talking about eventually, guys, we got to get in the game. Because when you get in the game is when you can make a difference. And guys, I want to tell you something. I'll always be a pastor. I'll always be a leader that gets in the game with you. You're never going to look around and you're going to see me over here floating on a, you know, cloud somewhere, hot air balloon, waving at y'all down there. Hey, how y'all doing? Yeah, keep it up, guys. No, 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 no. I'm going to get dirty with you guys. I'm going to get in the trenches. I'm here because I'm a part of the body. And if I ain't doing my part, then guess what? We're going to be not functioning right. God is calling it. What does this look like? Real quick. Acts chapter 2, 42. I'm just going to read this real quick. I know we're kind of, I'm going to shoot through this and we're going to be done. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Wouldn't that be something if the community was in awe at the signs and wonders that were being performed at Revolution Church? I mean, man, that was the talk of the town. I mean, in, in Jesus' day, it was all about, man, if you've got a problem, get them to who? If you're not feeling well and you've got some problems, get them to yeah, just get Jesus on the scene. He'll raise him from the dead. Just, we got to get Jesus on the scene. Should that not be the picture of us? Should that not be, hey, man, get the, I mean, your, your, your family's hurting. They need help. Get them to Revolution Church because there's where Jesus is. And we function like Jesus. You know what I'm saying? We see this right here, and this is why they were so attractive. Now, check out what happens. Everyone was filled in awe. The many signs of one of possible. But check this out. All the believers, that's us, were together and had everything in what? Common. And it goes on to say they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. I know most of y'all's Bibles probably have that marked out. That was an accident. They, you know, Luke, what's wrong with you putting that in there? But then he says every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Every day they met together in the temple courts. For some odd reason, we feel like we have arrived at one meeting a week. 
Get the Bible, throw it out of here. We don't even need it. We got it figured out, Jesus. We're going to do an hour and a half each week. Woo! And we're going to conquer the world. How's that working for us? They were turning the world upside down. Upside down, man. And it goes on to say this. They broke bread. Back up just a little bit. Right? They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So we want church growth. You want to see people come to church. I just gave you all the recipe for it right there. But I can't do it on my own. If it was up to me, I'd be in this church seven days a week. <laughs> well, Nathan, you'd be drinking coffee all by yourself. <laughs> and that's cool. But if I had the opportunity to see what they were seeing, keep pouring the coffee. Yeah. Keep pouring it. We'll worship till we can't beat a drum anymore. We'll worship till our hands are hurting on the guitar. We'll worship till our voices go out. We'll do whatever it takes. Amen? Amen? Guys, I'm telling you this. I really believe that Jesus is calling us back to the beginning. Amen. He's calling us as a church. Now, I know it's going to take some time to get there, and we're not going to do it all in the next week, okay? All right, we're going we're to put it on a little bit at a time, all right? But I can tell you in 2019, things are going to change a little bit here, regardless of what you want to do or what you don't want to do, okay? Because I, I know there's hurting people in this community. Not just hurting non-believers. There's hurting believers. There's hurting people that are lost They've been hurt by churches. They've been hurt by organizations. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm sick and tired of it. You know, I'm really ready to start praying, Lord, shut the door of those that don't need to be open. Shut it down. Because you're doing more harm than good. Amen? We have got to reach out. We've got to be a people that are sold out to Jesus. Sold out to Him. And what that means is, is just what I said. You're sold out to Him. Okay? And that just takes, that takes us... You know, making that decision ourselves. You say, well, they lived in a different time. No, they, they, yeah, they did, but the principle's the same. Things mattered to them just like they mattered to us. They had, a, they had to choose to do this. They had daytimers. They had schedules. They had things going on. They had businesses. I mean, man, I mean, we, we get this idea sometimes that they just all sit around and say, la, 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 la. we love you, Jesus. No, man, they had lives. They had kids. They had to teach. They had to raise. They had things going on. But what was the most important thing to them? was seeing Jesus made known to the world. And it first started with them. You forsake this, then I promise you, you will never experience what we just talked about. Because what you've heard in here from me and the Holy Spirit, you're not going to get just in a living room or on your job. There's just special things that happen when we come together that empower us to do special things out there. God set it up that way, not Nathan. And I'm telling you, we need everybody. You guys are special. You have gifts and talents. You're amazing people. And I want to see every part of this body working and doing. But if you don't come and you don't sign up and you don't get involved, guess what? We can never help you discover that. We can never help you get there where you need to go. I mean, listen, this is a platform for us. We've been planted in the community. This is our platform God's given us. How will we display it to the world? How will we? Will we just expect one or two or 20% or will 80% say, get me in this game? I'm ready to go. I'm ready to do something. And let's watch and see what, what, what's going to you know, happen.
Okay, because I really believe God's got some things going on, guys. First, First Peter 4.10, in closing, it says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. That's Peter, the one that helped them sit down in groups of 50, the one that served them food, the one that helped clean up. You know, in Acts chapter 6, it talks about how the disciples came and said, hey, look, you know, it's, it's not really good for us to continue to wait on tables. See, they were being promoted to something else. They didn't say that we didn't want to wait on tables. Is the Holy Spirit was kind of directing them to do something else. He said, it's not really good for us to continue to wait on tables. We need to get alone and, and pray and, and get in the Word, is what they said. So we want to appoint some people to do this. We want to appoint some people that are full of the Holy Spirit and power and faith to wait on tables and to serve the community. In that whole thing, there was a guy named Philip. Did you know that Philip went about doing signs, wonders, and miracles? Literally turned a whole region upside down, and he was a table waiter. But he was being the part in the body he was called to be. Don't look to be promoted from yourself. You keep doing what God's called you to do, and I promise you, you'll look up one day, you'll be more blessed than you ever thought you'd be blessed. You'll be, you'll be in a position you never thought you would be in. You'll be doing things in your own world that you never thought you would do. You want to see your life blessed? Then begin to bless His church. You bless what's His. I'm going to say this now, okay? I want you to get it. You bless what's His. He'll bless what's yours. You forsake or you despise his stuff, you're on your own, baby. You're on your own. And it ain't because he don't love you. You've put him outside looking in. Serve God first. We know this, guys. And when we put his kingdom first, what happens? He adds all these things to us. God's all about adding, but he's going to do it the right way. And I'm telling you, I'm looking for a, a church full of people right here that I'm telling you, God has got the door open and he's about to pour out some things because there's some faithful people in this room. You are doing what God's called you to do. And I want to tell you, thank you. And God sees it. He sees your labor of love. He sees it. Some of you guys are, are, are just now coming in or y'all are, you know, you know, been coming here a little while and you've been praying about what God would have you to do. Continue. Seek the Lord. You want to do what He wants you to do. But I promise you, if you're really truly praying that, He wants you to do something. He wants you to give. He wants you to serve. He wants you to help the community. He wants us to do those things. So let's all bow our head, close our eyes. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. I just thank you, Father God, for this beautiful time together. That, Father God, we would be your church. We would be your body, Jesus. We know that you are the head, Jesus. And we know that you have many things in store for us as a local body, but you have many things in store for us as a corporate body. And, Jesus, I just pray right now that every single person that is in this room right now that you've gifted and you, you've given them talented, you've given them abilities. I pray, Father God, that you would help them use that to the glory of God. 
I pray for those that, that are in this room and you feel like, you know, you've been on the sidelines and they, they've kind of been on the outside looking in. I pray, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that they would take a step of faith and get in the game. That you would, you would lead them to do that. Not to be afraid. Nothing to be afraid of. We're all a family. I just thank you, Lord, that they would step out in faith, knowing they're in a good place, a place of, of people that love them, that care about them. And I just pray, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that you would touch our hearts as a local body with the fire and passion of Jesus Christ. And that Jesus, from this day forward, we would continue to get on a quest to know you more. And let us be a church, let us be a house of worship that does everything out of an intimate relationship with you. That we don't push our own agenda. We push the Word of God. And we make you famous, Jesus. Because we know as we lift you up, you said you would draw all men unto yourself. So I just thank you, Lord, for these people that are in this room. There's no accident they're here. People of all backgrounds, all places in life. And Father God, you've called us for such a time as this to do a work that you have us to do. And I just thank you, Father God, that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. But greater is he that's on the inside of us than he that's in the world. That we are more than conquerors. <laughs> Hallelujah. That you love us, Father God, with a love that's deep and wide and, and broad, Father God. You love us. Hallelujah. And I thank you, Lord, that you are empowering us right now, Holy Spirit, to go and do exploits for our great God. Hallelujah, Father. You know, before we go into worship, if you're here today and you just need special prayer, maybe you say, Nathan, you know, man, I, I don't know Jesus and I want to know him as my personal Lord and Savior. That's where it starts right there, is knowing him as your personal Lord and Savior. So if that's you and you want to meet him for the very first time, I want you to just to raise your hand. Say, look, include me in that prayer. Maybe you're here today and you maybe have kind of been going backwards. You ain't been going forwards. And you just want to have somebody pray with you to repent and turn and begin to start walking this way again. Maybe that's just you and you say, I just want to rededicate my life to Jesus. Just raise your hand. Put it down. Hallelujah. I see that hand. Hallelujah. And maybe you're here today and you say, well, you know, Nathan, look, my body is not where it needs to be. I'm experiencing some sickness. I'm experiencing some things. Well, guess what? Jesus said that all that came to him, he laid his hands on them and they got healed. I believe the same Jesus that's in the Bible is here today. And he wants to do the same for you. Don't carry that sickness. Don't carry that stuff around. Don't make excuses of why it's there. No, let's pray and ask God to do what he does best. Get rid of it in Jesus' name. But in order to do that, I'm going to ask you as we sing this last song, I want you just to be bold. I want you just to come up here and, and, and I'm just going to pray with you. Again, it's not me doing the work. It's Jesus. It's his word. He said lay hands on the sick. I didn't say that. But I want to be obedient to the call. And I don't want anybody to leave this building the same as when they came in. You should never go to church and leave the same way you come. Hallelujah. So as they're singing that song, if you would,